Welcome to the Mystic Access Podcast, where the magic is in learning. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Mystic Access Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Kim. And I'm Lisa. And we're very happy to bring you this edition of our podcast. We thank you to those who have been listening. We've been getting lots of positive feedback about some demos that we've done and there's been a fair amount of buzz over the new bone conduction headphones that we are offering. Our supply has been a little bit limited but we are getting more in and so if that is something that interests you please do feel free to visit our website or give us a call and we'll be happy to help you. Yes definitely don't wait if these are something that you know you want right now (laughs) because We actually have some in stock right now, so we can make sure that you're one of the first to get your package with your new bone conduction headphones in them. So definitely give us a call or visit the site, and we can help you out. Now, speaking of visiting the site or giving us a call, remember that you now have reward points as a Mystic Access customer. So if you are an existing customer, you have points available to you. We have given you some points to start off with, and these points essentially will assist you in getting 5% back on your order if you choose to use them that way. So basically with every order you make, you will get 5% of that order back in points. Each point is worth a penny. So when you then redeem those points, you can save pretty significantly on your order. Now you can choose to use points with every order that you place. You could choose to wait, save them up, and like save 10 or 20 bucks on an order later on down the road. It just depends on how you want to spend them. But we want to make sure, for those of you who order on the site, that you know where to go to redeem your points. So Chris is going to show you that real quick. So I'm on our website, and I'm going to purchase a product or pretend to purchase a product real quick. Link at iFox IFD Bluetooth speaker with included audio tutorial to your cart. So I'm going to do that. Now I'm going to down arrow. Visited link view cart. There's view cart. Now you can also quick buy and redeem your points that way if you want to. Correct. We're in the cart. Main landmark cart heading level one. Have a gift card. And I'm just down arrowing. Link click here to enter your code. So if you had a coupon code, you would put it there. Button apply coupon. Button unavailable update cart. Spin button points at it. So here's points. If we scroll down some more. Blank. Button apply points. There's reply points. Out of table heading level two cart totals. Table with three rows and two columns. Row one, column one, subtotal. Column two, fifty-five dollars. So if we go back up to Blank. apply points. Spin button points at it. And we can up arrow or we can type a hundred or two hundred depending on how many points that we have. Yeah, but where do we see how many points we have? It's in the checkout process. Zero. Or you can go to your points page within your account. Oh, I thought it would show it right there in your cart. No, it shows it on checkout. It doesn't show it in your cart. So you do that. 100. Apply points. And you can apply the points. Now, Out of table heading down, level 2. Main landmark table with four rows and two columns. Shipping route. Just remember, two if you're an existing customer, you have at least 300 points. Clickable on it faster. Norm. Out of list estimate for one. 
Route 3 Column 1 Cart Discount. Column 2 minus $1. So there's your cart discount. Because Chris put in 100 points, so that is a dollar. Because penny is a point. Right, and if I decide that I don't want to, I can go. Now I've just removed my points from my Just cart. another Now we're going to go to checkout, so we're going to do... Find dialogue. Visited link checkout. So if you miss it in the cart or you use quick buy, you can find it within the checkout. Check checkout is going to give you more information too about banner land your status. Mainland out of table heading level three in order. So I'm going to go to the bottom of the page. Button okay. And then I'm going to go back up by button. Main landmark subscribe button. Clickable place order button. There's your place order button because I went back by button. I did shift B. Apply points button. There's your apply points if we up arrow. Spin button points edit. There's your spin box that we saw before. Link click here to enter your code. And there's your coupon code. So I'm going to go back down. Spin button points edit. Button apply points. Go down again. 560 points equals $5.60. So right there on the checkout page you can see how many points that you have. So that's very handy. And remember in your spin box, if you only want to apply a few, you can use arrow keys to do that. Or you can just type in, you know, I want to apply, say, 100 points and save a dollar. You know, you can type in 100 and do it that way as well. You have to really hit the, neat. Right, and you have to hit the apply points button. Yes. Yes, they won't apply if you just fail to hit that button. Correct. So we just wanted to make sure, because this is a new feature that you knew as a customer, how to use it. Now, if you aren't a customer and you become a customer, you get 100 points just for signing up and becoming a customer. That's another way that you can earn points. You can also write reviews on products you've purchased and gain points that way as well. You can also refer someone. So if you refer, say, a friend or a colleague to the website, you think we have something that would interest them, you will gain points that way. So there are several ways to earn points with us. You find your personal referral link within your points page in your account. So you'll go to the account link near the top of the site and you'll have all sorts of pages in there once you scroll to the account heading and one of them is points and that is where you'll find out all the information about your points, get your referral link and all of that. So that is available to you from directly within your account. There's another thing that's also available in your account. As we mentioned last time, you have the ability to add your birthday and you will receive a special surprise right around your birthday. Now, one thing we want to clarify because we have had a question about it. If you go on the website and you want to make sure your birth date is in your account information, we showed you how to do that in the last episode, you can. You will not receive any kind of confirmation that you have entered your birthday. You won't receive any email regarding your birthday until the day before your birthday. You'll be waiting until, say, my birthday's in April, for instance. So if I said today, hey, I'm going to go add my birthday to my MA account, which of course I can't, but just using me as an example, I won't receive anything until the day before my birthday saying, hey, you have a birthday surprise from Mystic Access. So that's something to keep in mind. If you are calling on the phone and you want us to enter your birthday for you in your account, that's also something to keep in mind. You aren't going to receive any kind of confirmation that we've added your birthday until the day before your birthday. Correct. The next thing we want to talk about is the new BrailleNote Touch Plus. We've received lots of questions regarding the touch and our impressions and, and our involvement. Unfortunately, as much as we love you people and want to share information with you, we can't currently because we're under a non-disclosure agreement. So until we have more that we can share, there's not a lot that we can say 
currently about the touch or our involvement with it or new touch plus tutorials or anything like that we really can't give any information so as much as we'd love to tell you if anything is coming in the pipeline we really don't have the ability to do it so we apologize for that as soon as we can share any information we will do so but we can't as of yet so please know that as soon as we have news we'll share it first in our newsletter and then on the podcast and you guys will be the first to know when we can share anything about the touch plus and what's coming in terms of any audio documentation that we may be providing or anything like that or impressions of the touch plus information like that so thank you for your understanding yeah thanks for asking we appreciate you asking us but we can't really share anything (laughs) but thanks for your patience and your understanding for sure we do take it as a vote of confidence though absolutely but we just can't go forward until we have more info we do have info though on a little break that we're going to be taking in terms of our ios modules and for those of you who have joined us for 13 through 18 Thank you so much. We have definitely appreciated it. And as we've mentioned in the past, 19 through 24 are coming. And Lisa can share a little more about that with you. They are. We've kind of, you know, I don't know if we planned this or if it was accidental, but after the first 12, these last 12 have sort of fallen into their own little sections. So 13 through 18 were a little more kind of niche modules. So if you had interest in an iPad or you had interest in music or games, there were specific things that would be very helpful to you. This last set of six, and it will be the last for a little while, just because we feel like we have kind of covered all the basics and some of the extras, but this last six is going to be based more on productivity apps. So whether you're using these at home or at work, you should find some things that are helpful. We're going to be talking, among other things, about Safari, and calendar, and messages, and braille displays, and things of that nature. So these are kind of going to be deep dives. These are going to be a little more advanced. They will be building on skills that you already have, or that hopefully you have, either as a result of your own experiences, or as a result of taking the preceding modules. Let me give you a brief example. I've started working on the module for Safari, and I realized how important it is in Safari to be able to use the rotor. During this time, I would encourage you to, if maybe you've purchased the lessons and you haven't listened or you have them and some things aren't clear, to go back and listen and pick up some of those skills, but especially the section on the rotor for our upcoming Safari class. And these will be starting back up April 4th. Now we will have our free event for March, which will precede it, but the actual iOS modules will start back up the first week in April. Speaking of our free events, remember that we have our free event for February coming up right about the time you're listening to this podcast. So that will be the 28th of February, which is Thursday, and we're going to be talking about music services. Some you know about, some you may not. I'm really looking forward to this particular class because all of us really enjoy our music and we hope we can share some goodies with you that perhaps you are unaware of at this point. So we're really looking forward to sharing that with you and we won't tell you what March's class is going to be about until the next podcast, but we will definitely let you know that information fairly soon. But please know that there's always stuff cooking over here at Mystic Access and we are always excited to share it with you. Speaking of sharing things, we wanted to share another collaborative 
product with Guide Lights and Gadgets, which is the iWalk. And we have recorded a segment with Barry where we talk about the iWalk, which is a talking power bank. It's 10,000 milliamps, and we're excited to share more about it with you. We have created a comprehensive tutorial on the iWalk. Lisa's done a great job sharing all the ins and outs of the product, and you can purchase either the tutorial by itself on our site, or you can purchase it with the iWalk power bank. So here's Barry to tell you more about the iWalk. Welcome to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. The iWalk and it's called the secretary, which is a cute name by a Chinese company. And this differs from the bone conduction in one critical sense. And I want to point this out right from the beginning as we have together and we've talked about it. This was not a product that GuideLights made. What happened is that I'm sure a number of listeners own or have had my charges, which are talking power banks that really came into existence, I believe in 2011. And it was the first talking power bank. It's a wonderful product. However, the batteries on these products do die. And also the ability to have more and more powerful power banks has changed over the years. And for those folks who may not know, there may be a couple of listeners, a power bank is a portable charging solution. You carry it with you to charge your stream or your phone or whatever. Well, I own a MyCharge. I still own a MyCharge. But the MyCharge, as they get older, either the battery dies and you can't replace it, or mysteriously, it may still work, but the voice disappears from the product. We were really looking for another solution. And again, this is where I started buying power banks. Anytime I saw the word speech in a search on Google and power bank, I probably placed an order. One of these, when I got it and it started talking to me and I plugged it in and it said, your device is being charged or whatever, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this has some potential. Well, then of course, the company took the product off the market because customers found the speech annoying. And that's exactly what happened. So meanwhile, I had initiated the conversation with their United States, basically their CEO here, who is a wonderful guy. And what really was interesting about this, sometimes you always find the right way home. His best friend from childhood is a blind judge in Minnesota. And they have been together now as friends for about 40, 50 years. So when I explained to him why a power bank was so important to blind people with speech in it, he got it immediately. And that was about the time that the company decided to withdraw the product. And then about a month later, they fired him. So I didn't think that anything was going to happen with this at all. I went to the company and interesting that after a couple of months of emails, they said, well, we can't revive this product because what people don't realize that in the world of electronics, when you make a product, you're making it in batches of 10,000, 100,000, even more because Best Buys and Kmarts and Targets are buying this stuff. So for a company that specializes in our very small market says, I want 100 pieces of something, you often get laughed off the phone. Well, I got these folks to the point of them understanding that this product, while not perfect, did have some viability. And what did surprise me, and pleasantly so, is that the CEO of the company said to me, we will reproduce this product only for you, but you have to pay every cent of the manufacturing process, set up the production, and obviously the mailing and distribution. This was a tough thing. I thought about this because I got out of manufacturing about 
oh, 15 years ago. And last year I thought about it and thought about it and said, you know what? I like the power bank. And this power bank and the reason, and there are a number of reasons I like it and I'll describe it now. It's the size of a pack of cigarettes. It's about two inches thick by close to four inches long by about three inches wide. And when you lift it, it feels substantial. On one end, you have a USB port that you plug a USB cable into. Next to it, you have the charging port, which uses a micro USB, and you have an on and off button, which means it's simple. There's not a lot of controls. What makes this power bank somewhat unique is it has built-in cables, both for iOS devices and for those devices that charge with micro USB cables. They're not long. They're only about three-inch cables when they pull out, and they are somewhat fragile. There are times when you say if you're going to be in a situation where you're moving around, you may not want to use that internal cable. You think of it as an emergency backup. But they are there, and they do charge. This is a 10,000, what they call millihertz power bank. It is by far not the most powerful on the market, but it will without needing it to be recharged, charge your iPhone, for example, about three times fully. So that means you can deplete it, recharge it with the power bank, which takes about an hour and a half, and I'll get to that in a second, recharge it again and recharge it a third time. Well, that gives you the ability, if you've got your power bank charged, to go for quite a while. The other thing about power banks, and this is where the, the talking feature comes in, if you use a power bank, and you plug it in, you may not know whether it has any charge in it at all. And the only way you sometimes find out is when you've charged your device, you suddenly discover that you really have not charged your device and your phone or your stream or whatever you're charging goes dead on you in five minutes. I had enough of those experiences. So the talking feature, and it is limited and it's a little quirky, but it does tell you when it's charging a device, it tells you how much charge is in it. There is a way for, sort of measuring that, not exactly precisely, but useful enough. And it tells you when your device is charged. The two other things I'll say about this power bank is that I discovered, quote, you know, you talk about things that, quote, aren't in the manual, things that uses you can make of it that you didn't know actually worked. Well, this power bank with a USB cord, for example, is very adept at charging HIMS Braille devices because they use the old style mini USB port. And what I have discovered is, for example, a Braille Sense Mini going almost from a zero charge will get close to full charge in about an hour and a half. And it means I don't have to carry the protruding power piece or the charging block that comes with HIMS products and with those two prongs on it that might injure something else in your bag. So I carry a cable and I carry the power bank and I don't carry the charging block for the HIMS products. And the other thing that makes this useful is there are things called quick charge chips. And now the quick, we're in, I think, version three, which is the surge protection and how quickly they charge a device. Early power banks didn't have any quick charging capability. This version has not the most recent, but I, what they call a QC2 chip in it, which means it will charge your phone relatively fast. Usually, I think, if, I don't know what's happened with y'all, but I'm looking at about two hours for a full iPhone charge. Now, the only thing that it doesn't, well, it'll charge it, but the Victor Stream, which is, again, wonderful to be charged when you're traveling, the Stream's problem is it has no ability for fast charging. 
So whatever device you use to charge a stream from start to, or and a Trek 2, I believe, it's going to take between four or five hours, no matter what kind of device you use. But this does charge the stream. It works. It does what it says it's going to do. It's not perfect. It's a little cutesy in its speech uh, with some of its messages, and I had nothing to do with this. This is a product that we simply decided to underwrite and continue. I think it's probably going to be available for about another year and a half to two years. But then we're going to have to either face a hard choice of moving on and trying to get something that's more useful for our market or, you know, or continuing it. But at least there is something available that survived past the my charges that works. It does work. It has a lightning cable attachment. It also has the micro USB cable attachment. So if you have something and you're saying, gosh, I have a USB-C, whatever, you can plug that into the full USB port on this thing and be able to charge it. So that would just require you to take your cable with you and you're good to go there. So we will be offering a tutorial on this for Barry. We are going to be creating something. So we're looking forward to having you be able to find out more about it and how it works and how it's oriented and all the lovely things you'll need to know to use it successfully. You know, I had a not so bright moment as it concerned using this charger and I want to share it in case someone else is right there with me. I said to Barry, the really unfortunate thing about this is that the cables are hardwired. So when or if the cable dies or it gets a short, it basically renders your charger useless. And he said, oh no, it doesn't. Because what you can then do is bring a cable with you and I carry them anyway. I think I have this disorder where I'm afraid of running out of charge, running out of things to read. So I carry a short USB to lightning and a USB to micro USB cable with me anyway. I mentioned this to Barry and he basically just said, well, no, all you have to do is plug the cable into the USB port and you're in good shape. The other day I had been to Harrisburg and I had just done the great purse change and I accidentally left my cables behind, which even though I had this charger was enough to send me into heart palpitations, but because I had that charger as an option, I really didn't have to worry about it, and I could charge everything that I needed and keep it charged for the short trip. Now, I didn't have the cable to recharge my battery pack, but I was only gone for two nights, and so it was long enough that it kept everything nicely charged for me. So we are thrilled to be bringing this into being and walking you through it. There were a little funny things that were slightly confusing at first. And so the tutorial has the advantage of kind of demystifying things and deconfusifying things, if we can <laughs> point a word, to make your experience with this charger fun and pleasurable. So thank you as always, Barry, for joining us. Thank you for your visit to the Mystic Access Magic Castle. You're welcome anytime. And of course, you can find all the information, direct links to the products in our show notes for this episode. You can also give us a call. We'll be happy to share more information with you. Or you can visit the site. You can look for the guidelines and gadgets category. You'll be able to find the iWalk with tutorial 
in that category or as I mentioned you can get the tutorial by itself that's in a different category if you really run into trouble and just want to be able to find it easily probably the easiest way is just search for the word iWalk that's lowercase i capital W A L K and you should be able to find both products easily just using that handy dandy search box at the top of mysticaccess.com again we have limited quantities of these just like with the bone conduction headphones so if you want one we encourage you to order fairly quickly because these things do tend to go fast once we talk about them <laughs> and to round out the podcast we're going to have two demonstrations the first demonstration is by Lisa and she can tell us a little bit about that well this is kind of a little bit of a strange low-tech item they basically go over the Apple earbuds you could probably find them for other things I did this review I recorded it about a month ago maybe maybe six weeks we just had other stuff that we wanted to put in ahead of them and since then I've used these and really like them because they do stay in my ears and also they stay attached to the earbuds I use a pair of the wired earbuds like came with the older iPhone with my Victor reader stream and that's the thing I take with me at night and I read in bed and so they often get all caught up with the sheets and things and uh, you know it's fun to wake up with the cord of the earbuds kind of wrapped around your neck but I mean they go all over the place and the little rubberized ear things have stayed in these are called ear buddies you'll understand more why but based on a review I read I keep thinking of them as ear geckos because they do stick but uh, I hope that you will enjoy and find this helpful like I said it's kind of a low-tech item but sometimes those low-tech items really can enrich our lives and make an existing something that we're using that much easier if I were to give this segment an actual title it would be amazing ear geckos let me go back and start at the beginning of this story unfortunately I don't have an audio something that I can actually demonstrate for you but I want to tell you a little bit of a story in hopes that it will help you I could actually start this story from two different places one story is something I've been saying for years and that is I unfortunately do not have earbud shaped ears I noticed this and I felt this discomfort most when Apple had its earbuds for the iPhone that were the older style they were kind of rounded just very circular things now they're kind of narrow on one end and almost come to a point and then they're rounded the rest of the way this design seems to be popular and in all honesty these work fairly well for me which is a good thing because I have some of the older style that I use with my Victor reader stream or anytime I need earbuds I also have lightning ones that I use with my iPhone now I have the same style in a wireless model I have the AirPods and then we come to the second place that this story could start and that is last week when a package arrived for me in the mail this was a pair of wireless earbuds that I got they're basically a knockoff of the AirPods and while I have no need or desire to evaluate everything on the market I thought I would give these a try and see if they would work well for my purposes 
We've had questions from customers before. Are there other ones that you would recommend that are a little less money? So I got these and I was quite happy with them except for one thing. The AirPods feel very much like the EarPods or the standard earbuds that come with your iPhone. The main difference is that there is, of course, no wire. So there's nothing connecting the two together. However, each one does have a stem, much as they do on the EarPods. The stems on the AirPods are slightly longer. However, on these little knockoffs, there are no stems whatsoever. This to me was cause for alarm because I have a strap that I use with the AirPods and basically it's a little silicone or rubberized thing and there's a hole on each end and I can put the stem of each AirPod through that hole. But with these, there's nothing to hold them together, but also there's nothing to hold them in your ears. And even though they're the same shape, for whatever reason, these don't stay well in my ears. Well, I found that my concern was sort of for nothing, because when I investigated the contents of the package further, I found these tiny little silicone ear things, and they went over each of the earbuds and basically covered it in silicone. That did two things. One is it allowed it to kind of grip to my ear better. And then also off of each one was a little flange or a little piece that kind of goes into the curly part of your ear. And that allows them to stay put. Now, they are very thin, they'd have to be. And I thought, you know, if I'm gonna use these, I really need to be able to count on having a working set of these little silicone deals. Because without them, I just don't think they're gonna stay in my ears. They're not gonna balance, they're not gonna stay. I don't know why this stem makes a difference, but it does somehow. I did feel that having these was a bit of a disadvantage because you have to take them off and put them back on every time you charge the earbuds. You can't just leave them on and put them in the charging case. They won't fit. Even so, I felt that I needed to have an option so that I could at least use them. So I consulted my good friend Amazon and I went looking for information. So the first thing I did was I went to the listing for this particular product and I can't remember the whole name but they were called Air Dots and I didn't see anything about replacement tips but I went down past the product information and found something that I think has hooked all of us in from time to time and that was basically the thing that says people who bought these also bought. And under there was a product listed as EarBuddies 2.0. And EarBuddies is all one word and it's E-A-R-B-U-D-D-Y-Z. And so I went exploring on that link and I was completely captivated by a review that this woman wrote on Amazon. She basically said, you know, I have this mutant ear disorder. Other people's earbuds just seem to stay in their ears like tiny little ear geckos. And she talked about getting these ear buddies and she felt like she had geckos of her own that she could put in her ears and they wouldn't slip and she could use them for running. She could sweat, she could bend and they would stay in. So I purchased this item and it came in a sturdy zip top style bag. 
It's a very thick bag, so it can certainly be reused and it will stand the test of time. And it had three pairs of these in the bag. And again, they look like tiny little overlays, sort of, for your earbuds. I don't think they would work well for the standard round shape that's completely round. But if you have earbuds that are sort of round and sort of narrower on one end, they will work very nicely. As of right now, I have one set of these on my Lightning EarPods that I use for my iPhone. I have another set on the standard EarPods, which I use for my Victor Reader Stream. I've saved the third set so that if the ones on my wireless earbud knockoffs do tear, then I have replacements. So far, I've been very impressed. The one place I will not use them, however, is on my Apple AirPods. I already have a way to keep from losing those, and I just find that taking them off and putting them back on is a bit of a pain each time I have to charge the AirPods. These little silicone jackets, so to speak, are very specifically shaped, and they have holes that have to line up with certain parts on the earbuds. And so it's not just something you can do in 10 seconds. I do suspect that practice makes perfect, or at least it makes the process a bit quicker. But it just seems more tedious than something I want to do on a regular basis. However, for wired headphones, I'm very happy. I find that the reviewer is absolutely correct. I can move around, I can stretch, I can bend down to pick something up, and they do stay in place. So basically, as I said, you get three pairs, and each pair has a left and a right cover, and you just put them on over the earbud. If you have difficulty with fine motor coordination, you might want to get some help. I do think these are best if you can put them on and leave them on. They do seem to stay on pretty well. I have the earpods for my iPhone in my purse where they get bumped and jostled and bounced. And the earbuddies that I put on them have stayed in place. The earbuds for my Victor Reader stream often end up in bed because I take it with me to bed at night and I roll on them or bump them or drop them or whatever and the earbuddies have done a nice job of staying on and not falling off. These cost $11 and change, which is a little high, but if you find that you really do need a way to keep them in your ears, or if you don't mind taking them on and off of wireless earbuds when you charge, they also are a helpful way to help you keep track so that they actually do a better job of staying in your ears. Now for our final demo, it's going to be a cross between a low-tech and a high-tech gadget. And it's something that I recently purchased. And I'm just going to let it speak for itself because if I talk about it, I've basically just given the whole thing. Hello everybody, and I just wanted to talk to you about a wired keyboard. That's right, you heard correctly, a wired keyboard. This is a keyboard from a company called iRox that you connect to a Windows-based PC. And according to the manufacturer, it only works on a Windows-based PC. It may work on a Mac, I haven't tried it, but the main feature that I bought this keyboard for, which I will tell you about in a little bit, more than likely would not work on a Mac. So that's probably why they say that you can't use this keyboard on a Mac. 
The keyboard itself looks like something that I used back in the late 90s, and the keys are all nicely spaced out. On the top, you have your escape key, and you have a really, really nice wide gap between the F1 through F4 group, the F5 through F8 group, and the F9 through F12 group. And there's very, very wide spaces between those keys. So the keys aren't closed together. It's not like a laptop where you might have to count the keys because you can't tell where the F4 and F5 keys are, for example. I know I have to do that on some of my laptop keyboards that I've used in the past. To the right of the F12 key, you've got your three keys, your print screen, your scroll lock, and your break keys. Then you have a full QWERTY keyboard underneath your Escape through F12, which is where it normally would be. On the bottom row, you have, from left to right, left control, left windows, left alt, a space bar, right alt, right windows, applications key, and control. To the right of the right control key, you have your standard arrow keys in the upside down T configuration, which means that the up and down arrow keys are on top of each other, and the left and right arrow keys are on either side of the down arrow key. Moving above, you have your standard six pack. On the top row, you have insert, home, and page up. On the bottom, you have delete, end, and page down. And before I move over to the number pad for a second, let's talk a little bit about the enter key. The enter key is kind of like a backward shaped L or an L that's laying on its side. This means that the backslash key that is normally above the enter key is to the left of the backspace key. So you have a smaller backspace key and to the left of that you have your backslash key. Now I've seen the backslash key on some keyboards down near the right shift key or above the enter key or to the left of the backspace key which is where this one is. Now we have the number pad and it's your standard numlock star slash dash number keys in the calculator style keypad and then you have your plus key and your enter key and their elongated insert so all your keys are exactly where they're supposed to be what this keyboard does not have are media keys so you can't accidentally mute yourself you can't change tracks you can't volume up volume down with any kind of controls on the keyboard but the feature that i bought it for actually is right up above the number pad and it is above the star key and the dash key. If you go up a little bit, you'll find a square. The square is the fingerprint reader. So this thing has a biometric fingerprint reader. So instead of typing in a pin or a password at logon or when your computer comes back from hibernation, you can just touch the sensor and you will log in. So it is compatible with Windows Hello and I'm running Windows 10 with NVDA currently. When I trained my fingerprint originally with JAWS, it did not give me speech feedback that NVDA actually does give you, which is kind of nice. It was doable with JAWS, but it was a little bit easier with NVDA. So I'm going to train a finger that I haven't done before, and I'm going to press Windows I to go into Settings. Settings, Settings Window, Search Box, Find the setting edit blank. And I'm going to type the word finger. F-I-N-G-R. Press enter. Finger. Search box. Find the setting edit. Finger. Now I'm going to tab. List. Sign in options one of five. And there's sign in options, which is what I want, so I'm going to press enter. Sign in options. Search box. 
Find the setting edit blank. Now I'm going to tab. List. Your info not selected one of six. And I'm going to tab again. Require sign in grouping if you've been away. When should Windows require you to sign in again? Combo box when PC wakes up from sleep collapsed. Tab. Windows Hello grouping. Learn more about Windows Hello. Link. Add another button. So I'm on add another and I know that that's my fingerprint. That's what I want. If I tab. Remove button. I can remove. Change button. Remove button. And I forgot my pin link. That's for my pin. Password grouping. Change button. And I'm going to tab back to add another. Change. Remove. Add another button. Press enter. Windows Hello Setup. Windows Hello Setup window. Get started button. Your device just got more personal. Say goodbye to entering complex passwords and start using your fingerprint to unlock your device, verify your identity, and buy things in the store. I'm sitting on the Get Started button, so I can just press Enter. Cancel button. Window security dialog. Window security making sure it's you. Cancel button alt. C. Pin edit protected. Blank. So it wants to verify that it's actually me and that I'm not somebody just walking up to this computer that's sitting there idle and going to add my fingerprint when I'm not the owner of the account that's currently logged in. So I'm going to type in my PIN. Star. Windows Hello Setup. Windows Hello Setup window. Cancel button. So now we're on a cancel button and it doesn't tell us this, but it's waiting for me to add a fingerprint. So I'm going to do that and I'm just going to rest my finger on the fingerprint sensor and lift. Lift and touch again. Lift your finger and touch the sensor again. Great. Touch sensor again. Keep resting and lifting your finger. Lift and touch again. Lift your finger and touch the sensor again. Now try another angle. Next button. So now it's telling me to try another angle because it wants to make sure that I get it in different angles. So I'm going to press enter on the next button, which is where I'm currently sitting. Cancel button. Now try another angle. Great. Try a different angle. Keep resting and lifting your finger. Move your finger with each touch. Great. Try a different angle. Keep resting and lifting your finger. Move your finger with each touch. Great. Try a different angle. Keep resting and lifting your finger. Move your finger with each touch. Great. Try a different angle. Close. And I'm on the close button, so I can press enter, and that's all there is to it, to adding my fingerprint to Windows Hello using this new keyboard with the fingerprint sensor. So if I were to restart my computer, put my computer into sleep mode, then I would be prompted for my fingerprint. And it's a very, very fast. You just touch the sensor and you're in. When I decided to purchase this keyboard, I was actually coming from a wireless keyboard. So I had a little bit more freedom than the cord allows. It's a standard cord that comes on the keyboard, standard USB. The way that my computer is set up is that when I first got the keyboard, I had to connect it to the USB port on the front of the computer in order to put the keyboard where I wanted it. So I purchased an Amazon Basics USB extender to give myself more wire. So I can connect the keyboard to the USB port in the back of the computer and keep a USB port free for something else, maybe a thumb drive or whatever. It just makes it a little bit easier. So 
links to both the keyboard and the USB extender I purchased from Amazon, and they will be in the show notes. Thanks for coming with me on this presentation, and happy typing! As always, we'd like to thank you so much for listening. We know that there are a lot of podcasts and a lot of incoming information out there that is vying for your attention, and we appreciate that you spend this time with us. If you have any questions, you can write to us at info at mysticaccess.com, visit our website, give us a call, send us a message on Twitter. We're happy to be in touch in whatever way best meets your needs. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. The preceding podcast is a presentation of Mystic Access, where the magic is in learning. If you are blind or visually impaired and desire to discover how our comprehensive products and services may support and empower your assistive technology journey, we welcome your visit at www.mysticaccess.com. Have a question or wish to place an order via phone? Call us at 716-543-3323. If you have something to share about this podcast episode, press 4 to reach our Mystic Access podcast comment line. Email us at info at mysticaccess.com. Connect with us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mysticaccess and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticaccessempower. Would you like to spread the word about our podcasts? Your friends and colleagues may listen and subscribe at www.mysticaccesspodcast.com. Our latest five episodes are also available via phone by calling 701-801-8527. If you enjoy our episodes, consider leaving us an iTunes rating and review. Your comments are greatly appreciated. Thanks for spreading the word, and thanks for being a listener. We hope you enjoyed this episode.